0: So we we've been we've been in a series for the past couple of weeks called a devoted church and we've been looking at uh, different values as seen in Acts at the end of Acts chapter 2 just after the holy spirit is poured out into the early church they have thousands of people come to faith uh, in, day by day and it says in, in Acts 2 uh, in the last sort of six verses of that chapter, that the church were devoted to a number of different things, and so far we've looked at what it means to be devoted. What does that word mean? We've looked at the fact that primarily they were devoted to God Himself, and this week we're going to look at um, devoted to God's leadership. What does it look like to be a church who are absolutely steadfast on going where God leads us? Of of using all of our life to follow His lead, and in a minute I'll, I'll bring Joe and Jez into. I'll I'll interview them to unpick and, and for them to unpack some of the ways in which they are following God's leadership. In their life, there are so many different stories in hope of people who are are following what they believe God has put on their hearts, who are who are living out their faith day to day. And Joe and Jez are, are one of those people. But in particular, I want us to look at their journey and and draw out and listen to where maybe values or lessons that they've learnt could really inspire and apply to us. But before they start, I want us to reflect on a scripture, and we've been doing this quite a bit over the past few weeks. So. in your Bibles would you turn to Matthew chapter 28 and what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask us to to read from verses 16 to 20 and to ask the Holy Spirit give us one thing that you're pointing out to us from this scripture and as you read it and reflect I believe something will jump out at you and I want you to post in the comments what that thing is so I'm going to pray for us I'm going to read the scripture I'll post it in the comments as well and then when you feel that something's jumped out, would you post it in the comments? So let me post the scripture in there. There we go. That's in. Let me pray. I'll read it. We'll reflect. So Father, would you bring this scripture to life for us? Would you highlight something? Would you um, teach us from your word? Would something stand out that is applicable in our lives? That, not that we just read it, but that it impacts the way that we live from this moment on. So Lord, speak to us. Breathe through the word that you breathed. Amen. So let me read it. Matthew 28 from verse 16. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of nations, baptising them, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So read it again to yourselves a couple of times and just allow something to be highlighted to you and then post it in the comments when, when you're ready. We'll give it a couple of minutes to do that. Okay, so when, when you're ready, do, do chuck it up on the old comments. Let's see what God's saying to us as a church through this. Okay, it's all quiet on the Western Front at the minute. So, do um, if you've got anything that jumps out, do post it up. Love to love to read people's reflections. Thank you, Simon. A gold medal to you, sir. A massive call, but Jesus is right there with us to the end. Yeah, exactly. When we doubt, Jesus comes to us. Thanks, Liz. I'm with you always to the end of the age. Pete, and be sure of this, I'm with you always to the end of the age. Thank you, Pete. I'm with you always. Isn't that amazing? You know, three people straight after one after the other. I'm with you always. I'm with you always. We're commanded to obey his teaching and to teach others. Jesus asks us to go. The assurance that Jesus is always with us. Some doubted. But Jesus doesn't exclude them. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to Jesus. The disciples went where Jesus had told them to go. Brilliant. Do keep posting them up. Um, it's it's so good to to give an opportunity for us to to teach each other as we read the scriptures because different things stand out. When they saw him, they worshipped him. Brilliant. It's amazing. These are sort of coming in in pairs and triplets. Yeah. This is brilliant. Keep them coming. While, while you uh, finish that, I'm going to invite Joe and Jez to, to stand where I'm standing. I'm going to interview them, but I'm going to stand behind the camera so you'll hear my voice but not see my face. So Joe and Jez, do you want to come join us? And we'll go from there. Good
1: morning. Good Yeah. Good morning, Hope.
0: It's not that, it's not that, you know, Jez is smaller than me, but I will just put that down. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's mainly because of worship guys. Can, I, can we just say for
1: you, interview, uh, so a lot of us, uh, we aware we won't know uh, a lot of people at Hope, but we just want to say we, we've really been coming here uh, as a family uh, since September yeah. this year. Um, but actually Hope's always been a really special place to us. We moved to Bristol in 2013 and there are some really significant friendships and relationships that are, have been part of this community and so, We just, we just love being part of this family and we feel like we've had a connection and a, and a a real kind of spiritual, I suppose, heritage from this place since we moved to Bristol. So we, we just, we love being part of it and it's a real joy and actually very humbling to be here today. So thank you for the invitation to share.
0: Not at all. So today we're looking at uh, being a church devoted to his leadership and I'm aware that you have both, both sort of been called by God to a specific way of life and I wanted to give you the chance to share sort of what that is and And then we'll get into how God called you and what you've learned on the journey. Great.
2: Great. Well, we moved to Bristol in 2013. We have three children. Nathaniel's now 13. Evelina and Bethany are twins, and they're 10 this month. And we moved to Bristol to set up a community home, which we did with a few bumpy starts. And we lived in a community house which... I guess we helped hold together and run up until eighteen months ago when we were um, our landlord was selling, so we had to move out, and we now live as a family of five in a house in Westby on Trim. But during our um, years in community, we reckon we had about thirty different people live with us, and about three years ago, both Jez and I made some big decisions. Jez was. Um, uh, called and started the Bristol Housing Festival, which some of you may have heard him speak about, and we felt together that it was right to take the children out of school and to home educate them. So we had a few big, crazy life decisions, yeah. and here we are now.
0: And when, when you say community house, just unpack what you mean by that.
1: To Sh- give it a bit sure. Of yeah. So for us, I think uh, one of the things we've really learnt along the way is the word community has rightly. A million and one different expressions and i think that's one of the beautiful elements of community that there's so many different ways we can build community and foster community and and love in community Uh, for us the particular heart that we think god gave to us was what would it look like to to bring a family home but to make that an extended family home so to invite people into family to live with you uh, as part of that family so obviously us as an organic family of five but to, to to essentially say to other people come and live with us as you're part of that family and so we would it meant sharing food sharing a fridge uh, sharing all our possessions um, and with a real heart actually to recognize that for us there was something um, around that authentic expression what would it be like to to grow our family in that environment where we're sort of living some of those kingdom values and learning what it looks like to, to have grace uh, and, and sort of a, a heart of love when actually we, we also recognise when you bring more people into the mix you're not always going to agree on 100% of things so there's a real kind of stretch and grow joy and pain in that but that's all part of life so that, that was our heart very much one extended family home
0: Brilliant so because you know, what God is going to call people to isn't going to be exactly the same what, what I want to do is pick out some of the, the journey to discerning him calling you to something so how did you begin to hear God calling you to a different way of living?
2: I think when we were living in London and we both were working and had different, different jobs, Jez at that time was a lawyer and I was an occupational therapist, but I was doing research, I was doing a PhD, and we were part of a church and it was good, but there was just a hunger within us for more. And we would have these amazing speakers come to church, like Simon Gilbo, who spoke recently, Heidi Baker, and we'd hear these adventures of faith. And we go, how do we have that too? So initially we thought, well, maybe we just have to be missionaries and go overseas. So we explored that, and then Jez explored being in the church, but that didn't feel where God was taking us. And and then on that journey, we read this book called The Irresistible Revolution by Shane Claiborne, and it just, it just burned in us, this sense of going, we don't actually have to be overseas to have an adventure of faith. We have to be able to have an adventure of faith here in Western culture, doing normal jobs, and the day-to-day.
1: Yeah and and I think a lot of this was that how do we reconcile um, our expression of faith with what we read in scripture and how we were leading our lives so it felt like there was a something very incongruous around our our lifestyle and the way that we lived uh, that just didn't feel like it was a true reflection of the way that Jesus spoke to us about That, 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 that verse I just read about you know that we have authority well that authority is to be people who release his kingdom and and, uh, you know, it, it, I was busy working as a lawyer and there's nothing wrong with that. And, and actually, I would I commend anyone in any of those areas really pressing to God, why has he got you there? But actually, for me, it looked like, you know, we, we probably swore a bit less and went to church a bit more than our friends that were non-Christians. And that didn't feel like an authentic expression of the gospel. And so I think God gave us a seed that, that we were crying out to God with a, what can we do that, that, that allows us to to learn how to live a more authentic expression of our faith? And that was what we wanted was this invitation I suppose from God because we, we lack confidence maybe, we, we lacked um, ideas uh, and, and we were sort of crying out to God what can we do, what is it that we can do and I think I look back and it's like just God gives you a seed and says well how, how about you cultivate this with me and for us that was this this growing formation around this idea of what might it look like to live differently to pursue Jesus more in our lives practically uh, and that was the beginning I think of stepping into to building a community home.
0: And w- would you describe it as it, it sounds like it was quite a strong sort of almost dissatisfaction that bubbled and grew and grew with the status quo. And, and you talk about this seed and you, you try pushing some doors that were almost very obvious ways to, to see if you could do it. But how did you nurture the seed or how did God nurture the seed that you recognised?
2: Well, I think it started um, in terms of the the vision for community started when I had when we had children, and suddenly there was this reality of day in day out. Day out you're doing this normal routine. We're all doing it as mums. We've got you know food time, bedtimes. You know, bad sleep at night times and you go on this journey and you think actually we're all doing this but we're all doing this alone and I thought it's actually more fun if we all do it together so our flat in London which wasn't very big actually became this space where there'd be me and some friends and like six crazy kids bouncing off the sofas and climbing up the walls and, and we built community where we lived in London and and it was lovely. There was in and out of people's homes, and there was sharing, and there was walking, and there was crying, and, and it just felt really good. And then when we moved out... <laughs>
1: so so what, Joe's, what Joe's... I think we're in quite different places, actually, at the beginning of this. Joe, Joe often, I think, is, is, is kind of prophetically and visionary ahead of me, and I, I was struggling with the chaos of it. I mean, I'm working hard, I'm coming home. Joe's then living in the wonder of all these relationships, and all I've seen is chaos and mess and disorder, and, and I think uh, you know it was interesting even back then that there's often a sort of unpicking of of of, of our of, of the things that we built around us that give us that illusion of order and control that I I valued I sort of had this mindset that if the house isn't absolutely in, in order then I can't be at peace and of course that that's just not true but but so I think even back then uh, Joe was catching God's heart and I'm looking at the, the cost. Uh, and so you've got to bring both. There is a cost, but there's also you've got to be envisioned. And I think Joe was there ahead of me, and I was learning how to sort of get the vision, but all I was seeing was the cost. It's a bit like having children, isn't it? If you only look at the cost, you would not bother. But when you get the joy of it and the vision of it, you go, this is an amazing gift family. And I think that was, the seed was growing was there is a cost to this, but there's also this incredible invitation to, to be obedient, to partner, to grow something together with God.
2: And then sort of ruined your flow now. No, 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 that's fine. Then when we moved to Bristol, we just had this privilege of a Bethel team on mission come and stay with us for a week. And I think that was where it all exploded and it just blew our mind. These people came into our homes with such a passion for Jesus and um, such a heart to bless and serve the community around them. And they just sowed something into us. Mm. And it was from that point that the ball started rolling and then people would come and they live with us and, and we had this rhythm of worship and prayer and, and there was just this richness amidst the battles and the struggles and the challenges but I think that was when we're like actually we're meant to share our lives however that looks whatever it looks like actually that's that's how we become real with each other and that's how we work through some of the, the stuff that God wants to unburden us.
0: So so you and because when we sat down on Monday one of the things that I was really drawn to was how you started stepping into the dream in the very early stages and because it didn't seem as if you had the whole picture when you started yeah and so how did you find those first steps because i'm just thinking if if, let's say someone's listening they've got a sense of god's calling into something but then you know how do they start and how did you take the first step and how do you find that
1: i think the first thing to say is we, we took too long um we, we got to the point that we talked about living in community and had this idea and uh, that we would talk to anybody about it and, and for years and years and, and actually we bored ourselves with it because we just were talking and, and almost waiting for this sort of moment where God would just decree, here's the house or here's the next step. And, and, and of course, you know, so much of a journey of faith, I think, is that how do we partner our faith with what we think is God is saying, no, he's a good father and take that step. And so we, we almost got to a point of God, we are either done with this, um, or we, or we just need to do something. We need to take a step. And, 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 uh, we, we, we essentially sort of, we, we found a book and we prayed around this journey for 40 days and, and just really brought it to God to say either God, we're surrendering this vision that we think is from you or we're gonna do something practical at the end of this time. Um, and, and actually, you know, God answered that prayer. He brought someone into our lives that was a catalyst, I think, and an encouragement to us to go to that next step, which is just to say, right, we're doing this. We're going with a family. We're gonna, we're going to invest in this together, but I, it was such a relief to be moving, because otherwise it's sort of you pontificate, and, and we were we were boring ourselves. I mean, we were almost killing the seed because we weren't nurturing it. It didn't have growth. It didn't have any any signs of nutrients. It was just sort of a it was it wasn't even in the ground. Um, and I think what we realised was that there was such a call for us to. to, to step out. You know, we were talking earlier about this, this verse in Hebrews and and without, uh, and without faith living within us, it will be impossible to please God. And I think there was a sense of God, we're going to do this first step, not because we think it's the right step necessarily, but because we want it to be an act of worship. So we're going to just say yes because our heart is to be obedient and trust that you're then a good father. And if we've got the wrong step, that we can still trust you anyway.
2: Actually, the first step, it went all wrong uh, in terms of humanly. It didn't work out. And we moved into this big house in Clifton and then suddenly found we were living by ourselves. And I think at that point there was just this fear of going, but God, we thought we heard you and we thought we were doing the right thing. And and suddenly we're here and we're now living by ourselves and there's no one to live with us and it's really hard. And we've got this massive rent to pay that actually we can't afford. But it was like we'd taken the step then and it felt like there wasn't a way back. So I think that first step is the really scary bit and and it did feel like it had gone wrong and then there was then a grace to keep going and God brought some key people at right moments to have dinner with and to speak life into us and to cheer us on.
1: Yeah, and I, and I, I look back at that as well and I, I realise that God is so kind and that when we uh, when we start to want to dream with God, that there's also sometimes things that He'll need to do in our characters that need refining. And for, again, I think God was highlighting in me there was a big, a big air of control around money and fear around money. And the truth is that, that for the first time, probably in my adult life, I was in a situation where financially it didn't add up. It, you know, it just it, it didn't make sense. And and the knee jerk was to say, right, we need to get out. We're we're not in control of this. We need to get out. And uh, and actually, God was so kind because there was this. I remember walking to work one morning and just was quite angry with God about the whole thing that we'd, 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 you know, courageously taken this step of faith that God had let us down and got it all wrong. And, and here we were in a house we couldn't really afford to live in and, and just felt God really challenged me about, you know, I remember a picture looking down and, and sort of believing, oh, here, here's the rock of Jesus. I'm standing the rock of Jesus, but then also seeing there were almost like these splints between me and the rock. And one of those splints was control and one of them was money. And almost the invitation of God saying, but will you actually, will you actually put your faith in me? And there's there's this amazing moment of sweetness. I remember where I was just like, okay, God, I'm, I'm surrendered. That's it. I, I I just take my hands off the money and I'm going to trust. And and nothing had changed, but everything had changed in that moment because the perspective and the lens and the and the, and the kind of, uh, I suppose, the sense of, okay, God, you're stewarding this and I don't need to know how it's going to work out was this incredible piece. And I think realizing that so often, again, as we want to be obedient, God and his kindness doesn't give us all the answers because actually he wants to grow us to really be dependent on him because the more we're dependent on him the more that we can walk in faith with him so you know along the way that his hand and really say okay, go go we surrender we're with you we, we trust in you and you, you know scripture constantly says doesn't it be courageous be very courageous or don't be anxious the reality is those experiences are in the place of where there's things that we're not in control of and we're really aware of that to be courageous means stepping out despite of those those issues and so that was that was a real Part of our journey of growth, I think, and I'm grateful for it. I've got a nudge then.
0: I, I appreciate that. that was a subtle. Yeah, it wasn't that subtle. But <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I, I thought I thought that was very good. Um, so I, I just want to try and bring some almost like summary words. So the first thing was listen to your dissatisfaction. That was where the yep. seed was, and then it was start moving. And you set some quite clear parameters. You gave God 40 days. Mm-hmm. You decided that you were going to do something and, and act after that 40 days. Um, and then it sounds like sort of um, processing your disappointment was key as well, which I think you've already answered. But one thing I wanted to ask was, how how do you think your relationship with Jesus is different having gone on this journey to what it was before you went on this journey?
2: I think that before we went on the journey, we, we came to church and we did a Bible study now and again, and we had to... Prayer gatherings at our house now and again, didn't we? But I think, I think now there's like amazing verses in there where it talks about praying continually, and I don't think we pray continually at all, but we pray a lot more. Mm. There's a constant communion with God in terms of, I just don't know what we're doing. I mean, we most of the time feel out of control. And yeah, I think control's an illusion. I don't think we're actually in control. And so handing that over to God and going, okay, God, I've hit a problem today. I don't know what to do. Or I'm having a tough day and I'm really stuck. Or there's a big problem in the workplace and actually just, there's no way around it humanly. Mm-hmm. I love that there's that constant relationship. And and you feel that adventure of faith because it's like, I have no idea. like We have no idea where we're going to be living in a month. We have no idea mm-hmm. where we're going to have our finances coming from. We have... No idea if our kids are going to do well in our unschooling approach or we just don't know. But actually, I trust that God knows. So I, I trust that He knows um, mm. where we're going to be. I trust that He's going to provide for us financially. I trust that He's got a home for us to live in. I trust our kids are going to thrive. Mm. But I'm not doing that humanly mm. because humanly, all the decisions we've made don't really make sense.
1: Yeah. And, and, and I think, again, for me, it was around a lot of my Thinking, I think, was around worldly wisdom. How do I fit my, my, my spiritual journey into sort of what looks like worldly wisdom? And, 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 and that's quite a difficult thing to, to square up sometimes because this walk of faith doesn't always look like the, 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 the wisdom that the world teaches. And I, I know for me that, that, you know, this, this idea of spiritual discipline before would have been, I actually found it really hard. I was busy, um, you know, working hard and it was almost like I have an obligation of to be a good Christian I need to be spending time in the word and praying. Oh, I've missed it again for another three days. Oh, I, I, you know, an, almost a sort of, you know, ob- obligatory kind of, I need to do that because that's what we should do. Um, and and, the, and the, I think the joy has been actually now I, I need it. It's, it's, you know, the idea of going without spending time, just just trying to hear God and, and, and actually cultivating a confidence that I do hear him speak. Um, and a, along the journey, what, what, what we've grown as a family and individually is the, are these testimonies of where we were stuck and yet, for God, and and that that growing of the confidence that, that of the, as that testimony builds, that you, your faith grows, um, and I, and I, and that I, I just I feel like, you know, we're different people. We see the world differently. We have a greater faith in what God can do through us. And you know, one of the things that really bothers me, I think, you know, literally still bothers me, is, is you know, when Jesus talks about, um, it's in Luke fourteen. He talks about essentially, you know, that we would do even greater things than He. And I still find that. You know, I find that really difficult. Here was Jesus, the Son of God, who did these incredible miracles. And yet into the context of the Great Commission where he talks about, you know, going to disciple nations and to see transformation. I'm so aware now that transformation has to start with us, has to start with our hearts, and then we understand how to carry that. But the idea of faith, how do I grow faith to dream for the impossible? And we've been really impacted by, I suppose, that thinking around the idea that if, if your dreams with God don't scare you, then maybe they're not big enough. And, and that's some of the journey, I think, we've then started dream about education and, and housing, is God, like, we want to be available. We want to be quick to say yes. Not because we have all the answers worked out, but because there feels like this invitation to, to, to journey with you in faith, knowing that you have the resources, you have the people, you have the answers, and what you're looking for are people to say yes. And that and yet, is not easy.
2: And you're in that, we've cried a lot like like, there's no way around it it's not an easy journey and I think there's there's a choice to choose God's joy but uh, there's so many days where you like for me the tears just build up when then I'm just sobbing and I'm like but God this is what I feel you put on my heart and I'm not seeing it or God this is really hard and often you know those battles whether or challenges in relationship you know they're really painful and you're like God what are you trying to do and And so you cry, but actually for me, different I think for Jez, I just find it so cathartic because actually once you've cried out all those tears, you know, then the peace of God can come in and it's like, okay, I'm disappointed, I'm upset, I don't understand. And, you know, I I, I want our relationship with, if there's a difficulty with another person, I want it to be good and I want to honour you, but it's definitely, it's painful at times and, and I think there's a lie that you can believe you're alone. And it, because you're living differently and you've stepped outside of the normal ways of doing things, I think there's a lie to believe that you're misunderstood. But actually, you know, the enemy loves that. It's easy to make you think you're alone. And yet God puts amazing people around you. And we have been so blessed by um, friends who have come alongside us. And they've gone, yeah, the way you're living is crazy. But actually, we honor that. And, and we join you. And actually, we want to come along with. And if it hadn't been for those people... And I know some of them are watching. They know who they are. You know, we're just so grateful because we, yeah. we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the people who've stuck with us, they've prayed with us, they've cried with us, they've laughed with us. And, you know, we're not alone. We do it together. We're in a team. Yeah.
1: And, and just to comment on that, one of the things, again, that's been a really interesting journey is this this sense of sometimes if, if God is giving you a a vision for something or a heart for something, there is an element of which it's yours to carry. Mm. Um, and initially with some of this, we, we would I would certainly feel quite frustrated with people feeling quite alone. But, but but realizing community doesn't mean we all have to carry the same things. Community is a place we come together to to champion each other, to pray for each other, to strengthen each other in the Lord, to, to, to cry out to God together. But there are certain things I believe now that, that God will give you to carry and actually he wants you to be dependent on him. Other people will champion you. They can hold your arms up. They can, but, but there is still this direct relationship with, with the father of all who says, no, no, don't look to these people to make that burden light. Only I can make that burden yeah. light. And, and, I, and that was quite hard for me because I was a bit like, everybody's cheering us on, but it feels like it's only ours to carry the risk and the responsibility. And, and, and now I go, that's right because they're going to have their own risk and responsibility before God to carry. So how do we champion each other on without, creating that sort of um, I suppose a bit of a martyr mindset which is everybody's got to carry this for us, we, we each before God will have those things that he will equip but then we come together to really uh, I think encourage and, and build each other up which we have so we couldn't, we couldn't carry on this journey if we were actually alone because it would be too, it would just be too difficult and I think it would be, um, that's not our heart behind it, it's, it's about building community
0: and you've, and you've had to learn how to share the highs and the lows yes. yeah. and, that's, and that's been a challenge you. Yes. I'd, lo- I'd love you to sort of speak into two, I guess maybe groups of people the first one would be, what would your advice be to somebody who who feels like they, they've actually got a sense of what the seed is that God's calling them to where he wants you know, his leadership what would your advice be to them in terms of how to start how to get going and, and just what would your counsel be?
1: Yeah, good question. Do you want
0: to go? Um,
2: I think my advice is to uh, I'm a big one for writing things down because I see things visually or drawing them. I think to, to sort of to have that written somewhere or stuck up and then go God, what is the first step? I think you know some people have an amazing testimony where a phone call comes and then they get called and they go do the thing because they've had the crazy phone call. But actually the reality is for most of us is, is there's always a first step and it might be the smallest first step but it doesn't matter. Actually, there's a faithfulness in going, okay, God, I don't know where that is that you want me to go to, but I know that's my heart. And I think we have to trust that that feeling within us is a God-given feeling. Like that, the, the desire in us to live in a, in a community is is definitely a gift from God. And, and yet, you, you, you never know where the dream's going to take you, but I think we can get distracted by the big thing. And actually, the big thing may come, but God needs to know that you can carry the small things first. And so I think there's just, for me, just to say... Write it down. Find friends to pray about it with, and then just take a first step, even if it feels teeny tiny.
1: Yeah, I think it's great, and 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 I think there's that sense of how is that seed prophetically speaking to the vision of what your heart is, but then also what is the seed that is the first step. So I, I believe that there's this uh, confidence to grow around you are hearing God right, but then often we look at that first step and we think, but it's tiny. Mm. But it's it's the it's the ability again to say, okay, but God, this is my act you know Rick Warren. Uh, said in his purpose driven life you know you'll learn more in a, in a moment of obedience than you will in a, a lifetime of bible studies and i think there's that that there's that sense of actually god is attracted to that faith that's how you respond so, so in that faith you the confidence with other people to pray that you hear god well and that even if that step looks inconsequential it actually is a prophetic act about what god is growing in your heart and so it's 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 you don't have to know the answers about that bigger vision how god's going to equip it but what you're saying is god i'm prepared to partner with it and and then it's a journey, it's an adventure, and and that's where the highs, the lows, that the, the refining hut starts to happen.
2: And I think sometimes to expect it may not be where you think it should be. <clears throat> so I've worked for twenty years as an occupational therapist, and and now I'm finding God's taking me into the arena of education. And I've got, you know outside of home educating my own kids, I don't have lots of experience. But I think God loves that because actually I just have to trust in Him all the way. I don't have anything to fall back on. I don't have you know two decades of experience of being a therapist I don't have anything I just have him and believing that he will give me the right answers and he'll speak to me in the moment and Jez has found that in housing as well and I love that I think he takes you somewhere where maybe you don't expect to be but it still sits with that heart.
1: Yeah and for us that that heart is it's all around community so Mm -hmm. it, it feels like we wouldn't have had had that opportunity to have our hearts a bit broken around those areas and those spheres if, if we hadn't started to say yes to God in the era of community mm. and that transformation starting to work on us. So I think it's... And we, we, haven't, we, we haven't the answers, but we're growing those testimonies to see God's faithfulness through.
0: I think that was an amazing Rick Warren quote there. You'll learn more in a moment of obedience than mm. you would in a lifetime of Bible studies. And I think that's certainly something I've observed mm. in you two is the, it's, it's the richness of your understanding of the character of God that can only be found in, in, in answering his call and stepping out into that life of obedience. It becomes 3D, you know, his character.
1: Yeah, and it becomes our epistle, right? I mean, mm. you know, that's what, you know, my heart is that we we have these testimonies of these moments where we say, but for God. Yeah. And and, and those become, I think, you know, we, 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 we've got four or five of those moments now in the last sort of four or five years. And and, and the next time you face that giant, it's like you go back there yeah. and you go, but God, you were faithful here we believe we heard you right there and we can go again. And and I know that we're now dreaming for things that at the start of this journey, we would not have even got near. And that again is God's glory because he, in his kindness hasn't started us there. He grows your, your faith. And I think that's the joy of it is it's a relationship. And you, I love the fact that I feel God's changed my heart and he's changed who I am. And, And I know that that's true for us as a family and, and And it has not all been easy, but it 's all been valuable i think that 's why I learned it so too.
0: What would you say to people who don 't feel like they know what god 's calling them to? What would your counsel be to them they 're sitting there going i want I want something like this, but i, have, I haven 't recognized it yet. Give us some wisdom
1: I, I think the first thing I would say is, that, is you know going back to that great commission at the beginning you know um, and, and we look around the world, you know we are the, the world is desperate for answers it's desperate for solutions it's desperate for hope it's desperate for love it's desperate for generosity and uh we you know I, i've reflected a lot that you know at the beginning of creation that the spirit hovered over over the atmosphere hovered over the waters and and that same spirit is in you and i and we get to partner with god to speak into being i believe some to rebuild his kingdom in partnership with his spirit and that's a that's a I find that extraordinary as a concept that we get to literally partner with, with God. So, so, so the, the, the attitude I think is to posture is to say, God, you have created me for your purposes and for your glory. And, and to ask God to release and to pray around God. I don't know what, you know, if we don't know what you're for, God's greatest joy I think is to reveal some of that purpose and some of those, those ideas that He will release to you and to have a confidence that um, we each are unique and each are uniquely placed to do something that is a, a direct expression of his kingdom of God. So if you don't know what it is, I, I would just encourage you to have a real confidence that in prayer and pray with others, it will be revealed to you. And it may look small, but I think this is the thing we're, we're starting to learn and really appreciate is that it, as you step and say, yes, it's good, God will release more to you because he'll know what you can carry now. That, that gift of faith, that seed of faith is also growing with that. So pray in confidence, in expectation, and then be quick to say yes. Because I think it's that. One of my one of my prayers for us as a family is that we'll just be quick to say yes. Yeah. Not reckless in the sense of not checking, not, 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 not seeking counsel, but quick to say yes to God because that becomes a, a, a heart's posture. So I think, you know, to encourage people, there's absolutely something. I, I remember speaking to them not long ago at work, and they said, oh, I don't know I'm on my job, and I'm really struggling. And I was like, that's not okay. Mm. You're, you're, you're not just an accountant. You're there as 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 someone who is there to build God's kingdom so you need to understand why you're there or if you're if you're not clear why you're there you need to find out where you need to be mm. so so really a belief a confident belief that that God will speak and and actually that's that's the first step along the journey of, of adventure. John, anything? Yeah
2: you? and I think again just believing you know we carry an atmosphere of faith so even if we don't know what it is we're called to actually we're called to be salt and light in the workplace we're called to bless those around us there's a great verse in Galatians six ten 10 where it says to every opportunity to bless people and it's like what's it look like to be extravagantly generous what does it look like to as we walk to work to be praying that we're releasing God's blessing what's it look like to carry that atmosphere into the workplace you know how do we look to see transformation just with the people we work with you know whether that's Washing up the mugs at break time because no one else does it, or whether it's, you know, being the person who brings in some flowers to make the room look nice. I don't really know. There's so many little things we can do, which again isn't with any agenda to say, hey, we want to tell you about Jesus, but actually just to love on people. What does that mm-hmm. look like? And I think as we do those small mm-hmm. little things, I actually go, you know, God delights in that. Mm-hmm. He's like, wow, mm-hmm. this person just wants to release more of me.
1: Wow. Tuesday, opportunity just to go around and pray around your neighbourhood. I mean, oh God, what a great, you know, what a great thing to just as, as, a, as a, so on, just to bring, pray blessing over the places that we live. I mean, I'm, I'm convinced the moment we start to align with that kind of prayer life that, that God will also speak into to purpose. And we s-
2: heard a, a lovely story the other day about a lady <clears> who, you know, she said, what have I got in my hands? You know, Ed Solbosa, and we love his book Ecclesia, he said, what do you have in your hands? And she looked at her hands and said, the only thing I can do is break brownies. That's literally all she could think of. So she baked brownies for a whole street and she went and put a little bags of brownies on everyone's doorstep with a little note and she's starting to see a shift in the neighborhood she's starting to see like people are talking a bit more through their whatsapp group and actually there's more of community Mm. and that's a simple act but actually she can bake brownies so she went on and she baked brownies and i love that it it doesn't have to be complicated yeah it's like what do i have in my hands and what can i do
0: yeah
2: and we've all got something in our hands
0: (laughs) we we, we're going to start wrapping up because time isn't my friend and, is, and I'd love to <laughs> keep talking, talking about no no no, <laughs> no you've got good stuff but I'd, I'd love to um, in a minute I want us to pray for you because yeah. and, and, I, and I know um, I'll share a bit that I know you, you need some breakthrough but I'd love you to pray for us as a church yeah. as well yeah. um, so will you pray for us now yeah i um, I'll
1: pray yeah, for you. it'd be great yeah Father God we, we thank you for uh, this, this personal invitation to each and every one of us, wherever we are, whether we're way into the journey and we're, we're celebrating the testimonies and the breakthroughs of, of, of seeing your faithfulness or whether we're feeling we're at the beginning of wanting to taste some of that adventure of faith and that journey of faith with you, God. And we, 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 we pray for each and every person listening today and every person that's part of this, this family that, God, you would, in your kindness and your love, through your spirit, just be reminding us and calling us back into that posture before you of, of, of willingness to lay our lives down, of willingness to say yes to sometimes the unusual, sometimes the impossible, sometimes to what may look and feel insignificant, but actually you're saying, will you say yes to me? So God, would you bless us with those dreams that scare us? Mm-hmm. Would you bless us with those dreams that inspire us? But would you also, in your kindness, invite us into those first steps? Would you invite us to build with you, to co labor with you? We, our heart God is that we would use our lives to glorify you and build your kingdom that, 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 that sense of the end of Revelation where the, the nations bring their crowns before you what would it look like to see your compassion your wisdom your love uh, released through us your church so that other people are blessed practically physically spiritually so Jesus we, 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 we thank you for that incredible extraordinary invitation that you partner through your spirit with us and would we be in that place this morning where we want to hear from you and be inspired again about that we can do extraordinary things through your through your spirit and to build your kingdom. Amen.
2: Amen. Yeah and Lord I thank you for this family I Hope Lord. I thank you that they are a community of believers who are passionate to see more of you in their lives and Lord I pray for real confidence in knowing that you are good. And, Lord, I pray that as as we open our hands and we look at the gifts that you've given us, that, Lord, you would help us to dream your dreams, that you would stir our hearts to believe that the impossible can be possible. And I pray that you would give us either the courage to take the first step or the courage to keep pushing in, believing that you've put something on our hearts and that you will make a way. So we thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen.
0: Thank you so much, guys. I think it's better if you stand, yeah. I'll whiz round and I'll yeah, talk great. to you next
1: Thank you. So, hey, oh, not
0: at all. So, uh, just amazing to hear, you know, real life stories and, and, and so many key values in there. I'd encourage you listening back to that, you know, listen to your dissatisfaction, start moving, uh, pay attention to your character growth through the ups and downs, persevere through disappointment, make sure you have community around you that can help you navigate the challenges. Um, journal things write them down you know so many different things in there that one minute of obedience will teach you more about god than a lifetime of bible studies you know dangerous truth but Joe and Jez have got this call from God to be living in community, and, 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 and at the moment they, they aren't. And that's because it's, it, it's been a frustrating, challenging time where they've had to they moved out of, of where they were into a house just as a nuclear family. And they, they're yearning to, to take that next step back into community living. And I had a sense when I invited them to share this morning that today was going to be a key day in their journey for, as a moment of a breakthrough. And I believe that we as a church need to pray for them, to pray for a breakthrough in this situation where, where they haven't seen uh, uh, th- the next step in the journey, that I believe that today through our prayers that we are going to impact... Uh, their journey specifically the next step in breakthrough in housing where they will know where to move next and how to form uh, a community house uh, in in this next season so what i want us to do if you will i'd love you to stand with me and i'm, I'm going to pray for them and i want you to pray for them too and i want you to um, you're going to have to keep your prayers short because i want you to type your prayers out And I want you to put them in the comments so that when Joe and Jez go home and they look at this, they can track through and they can see the prayers of their family and see the words that are being spoken over them. If you get pictures or scriptures, put it in the comments so they can can have a record of that. So I'm going to pray. Pray with me. Type your prayers. Type your words. Let's go big. uh, And then we'll finish. So, Father, we pray. We lift the Sweetland family up to you. We acknowledge. We recognize. We affirm the fact that they have a calling on their life to uh, live in community, to impact lives through a community living model. Father, we believe that you called them, we believe that you have been faithful, and as you have been, you will be again. So we declare breakthrough in their journey where they haven't been able to get clarity or know where you're calling them next, where, where there hasn't been a way. We say, would there now be a way? Would the time for waiting be over? Would it now be a time for a house and, 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 a, and a solution to be given to them? Lord, would you speak into this next chapter we say now is the time, let it happen. We, we agree with the desire of heaven that Joe and Jez would, would be able to get back into a community house, back connecting with that dream, developing it, developing it and growing it further. So Father, we ask you for any specific words of knowledge, any specific words of wisdom. Would you speak to us now? on their behalf and as we wait yeah just speak through scriptures words encouragements anything and anything you get put it in the comments to encourage them so father speak to us now we'll give it just a minute or two waiting for him to speak please do chuck, chuck the comments in. We would love to encourage them. If you've got their, their phone numbers and you know what to do, text them encouragement. Just uh, tell them how, how well they've done. Thanks for joining us. If it's been your first time or if you're not a regular, do say hello, do post something in the comments. We'd love to connect with you. But it's been a real privilege to, to have you with us this week um, and, and look forward to connecting with you again. Uh, yeah, lovely to have you. God bless.